Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Wednesday, November 2nd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's day three of our uh, Cleveland 40-man roster breakdown. We're taking a look today at Emmanuel Classe, the closer who emerged from uh, spring training and, and really sort of was the man halfway through the season and, and was just had a, a breakout year for the, uh, the club uh, a lot to talk about with Class A and, and what he brings to the table and, and why he was successful as he was this year. But really, just how surprising was it that this guy who missed all of the 2020 campaign uh, for reasons of uh, you know performance-enhancing drugs and the suspension there, uh, such a disappointment to go from that to having this, you know, he, by all intents, is a, an all-star caliber season. Yeah, Joe, just, uh, you know, definitely a surprise. Uh, you know, obviously they knew the arm was there. They'd seen enough of him in spring training, two spring trainings ago before he got hurt and then got suspended. But uh, you, you just never know. You know, I remember talking to uh, uh, different coaches and they, you know, when, when they kind of, when you're sitting there looking at in spring training, you have dual closers with Karen check and class a, and they were saying, well, we know, we know, we know Karen check much better than class a. So, you know, we, we know what he can do. So, you know, is, you know, it was almost like, okay, let's, let's get, you know, we, we can rely on him. He'll pitch the ninth and we'll see where class a fits, but it certainly didn't work out that way. I mean, class a had a great spring, I mean, so did Karen check, but, uh, and, but he just kind of took off. He just kind of, you know, moved into that role. And I think he had that focus, Joe, that, you know, we, when you talk to him in spring training, he goes, I'm here to be the closer. And, uh, and, and eventually he worked his way into that role. Well, and it helps, you know, to, it helps you back that sort of attitude and approach up when you're walking around with hundred miles an hour in your, in, in your holster. I mean, he's able to throw an ungodly number of, what, 400-some pitches in excess of 100 miles an hour uh, during the season, and nobody was even close to that number in baseball, uh, the number of 100-plus mile-an-hour pitches that Emmanuel Classe was able to throw. 
and it, it just, it changes it, it. You know, you see from the visiting bullpen early in the season or from the visiting dugout, when class a comes into the game, you know, guys come up to the, to the railing. They want to watch. They want to see this. They want to see 101 miles an hour every time. It's, I, it, it almost sounds like I'm, I'm overstating it or saying it too many times, but you just don't see guys like this all the time who, who, who they might hit hundred miles an hour when they're trying hard. He throws hundred miles an hour and he's not even trying. Yeah, it's, it's, it looks easy. It looks easy with his motion. And I just remember in spring training, really seeing this guy for the first time, you know, on a consistent basis. And you just kind of like laughed. It was almost, you know, to see him just like go out there and the first pitch of his outing, you know, it's 99, the next one's a hundred. And it's just like, where is this coming from? I mean, he's a, he's a big, strong guy. He weighs six, two, about 210 pounds, you know, he's solid, but it's not like he's Randy Johnson or something. I mean, that, that philosophy is, is the equalizer. And, you know, and, and once he knew how to use that and how to mix his slider in, you know, he became one of the better closers in the league, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, just real quickly, as we go through some of these steps here uh, in our review, uh, contract status for 2022, don't have to worry about him. He's under, he is under club control. Uh, through 2027 he won't be arbitration eligible until 2024 uh, so you know not only is he and right now an elite uh, reliever he's also very uh, affordable and under control for the next several years uh, he is the club's closer uh, of the future <laughs> right now um, and, and they don't They've got him for basically, you know, the league minimum for the next couple of years. Yeah, it's a great deal. Um, you know, for a, for a long time, it looked like the Corey Kluber deal, you know, was one of those deals that hurt both teams. You know, with Class A suspended, uh, you know, uh, um, and Kluber getting hurt, you know, in one inning into his, uh, what, 2019 season. And uh, Delano DeShields not doing, I mean, playing a, the, uh, you know, the uh, – the, the 60 game sprint for the Indians, but not doing a whole lot. Uh, so it looked like one of those block trades, but I think the Indians obviously knew they had something special in class A and, and we certainly saw that uh, this past season. Yeah. And, and we, we heard it echoed uh, by Carl Willis, by Brian Sweeney, uh, by Terry Francona early on in the season. Uh, by the time DeMarlo Hale had, Class A, he was a, a fully formed player. I mean, he was he was locked in and was was closing games and being consistent. Uh, so you know, Demarlo Hale had no reason to to wonder in amazement at what he was able to do, like the stuff he was able to do early in the season. Uh, really, what Willis and or what what Carl Willis and uh, Terry Francona kept harping on was he's only 23 years old and he missed all of 2020 plus the injury what he's doing is amazing what he's doing is so impressive and and really that that's true the the way that he went about you know getting back to the to the active right and, and basically just bullying his way into uh the closer's role uh he he basically did that it's it's an amazing story 
Yeah, and uh, you know, I I love what Willis had Carl Willis had to say about him. You know, this is a guy that you know has that that closer's mentality that if you have a if you blow a save the one day you put it behind you and and you go back out there and and you know it it's a new it's a new day it's a new game uh, you don't let you know the disappointment of that that one blown save carry into the next one and he says that that's a rarity you know guys have to learn how to do that but it was a rarity for a rookie to be able to do that and and class a was still classified as a rookie last year and uh, so, you know, he, he goes 24 out of 29 saves, Joe, 29 mm-hmm. save chances, had six holds. Um, and, uh, you know, he had 13 straight saves, you know, it, after the all-star break, you know, he had that one bad game right out of the shoot after the all-star break against uh, Oakland, Oakland, where he gave, gave up the game winning home run. And that came back and rattled off 13 straight saves and just, uh, you know, really an impressive performance. 74 strikeouts against 16 walks in 69 and two-thirds innings. Uh, he, he gave up 10 earned runs total and, what, uh, only two home runs on the season. I think that was Jed Lowry that got him with the, uh, the game. Yeah. Uh, That's which, exactly you know, who it was. Uh, a guy, Joe, Joe in the second half, in the second half, he went one and one with a 0.82 ERA. He walked two guys in 33, 33, uh, uh, 33 innings. Two guys compared to 33 strikeouts. Right. Uh, his his overall ERA for the year was 1.29, but his ERA plus, which is uh, it, it's more of a comprehensive. It's almost like a uh, it's an adjusted stat, which is uh, league average is 100. So if your league average ERA plus is 100. Class A's was 340. So, I, I mean, that's that's one of those numbers that just sort of really jumps off the page at you. And you mentioned his, his rookie status. Do you think he he gets any sort of down-ballot votes for Rookie of the Year? I think he will. I don't think he's going to win it, obviously. No. There was a bunch of good rookies this year. And, uh, you know, closers sometimes lose out because they're not, you know, they're not playing every day. But uh, – um, I think he'll get, I think he might get a mention. Yeah. I think some of the Cleveland voters will remember him. Well, I think at least one of the, at least one of the Cleveland voters should have tossed him a, a third place vote or something in that regard. Uh, really the, the difference for class a this season, we saw it maybe after the first couple of months was that he started to throw his slider a little bit more. And he, not only did he, he start to throw it more, but he was throwing it four strikes. And that's the difference for him because any of these major league hitters can hit a hundred mile an hour fastball. Uh, it, it, it takes something, you know, off of that pitch to, it takes to, a, another pitch in your mix to, to get those hitters off of your hundred mile an hour fastball and put it in the back of their mind. And once he was able to establish that slider and it wasn't, it probably wasn't until, you know, late May that, that he really started doing that. Uh, that's when he really sort of took off. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. You know, with uh, baseball savant broke broke down his uh, pitch pitch mix, uh, and uh, he threw the cutter, which is is basically the fa- fastball, but he has a cut fastball seven hundred thirty two times, and the, you know the average velocity was a hundred point two miles an hour. <laughs> but when and and but still, like you were saying. Major league hitters hit 236 against that. 
But when he started mixing in the slider, he threw 314 of those there, of those. Average uh, velo was 92, but they only hit 110 against it. So, you know, that, that gave them something to th else to think about besides, you know, just straight, you know, going up there and looking for straight heat. Right. He, he did. There were times when he struggled with his command and he had a little bit more traffic than you would like to see a, uh, a closer typically have. But it, it was just that his stuff was so overwhelming that if you put a guy on base, you sort of like put that out of your mind and just got the next guy and you were you were out of the inning. Uh, that that was a, a typical class A outing. Uh, where uh, where do you think he can improve next season? Is are there any areas where he can get better? Uh, obviously, he, he had a had a pretty good year. I, I would say that you can't really nitpick too much, but I mean, you can obviously always have better command and control. Yeah, and I think maybe go to that slider earlier in the year. You know, not just you know try to blow everybody away with the, with your uh, cut fastball. And, uh, you know, this, and I will nitpick here. I mean, when, you know, closers, a closer that throws as hard as, as class A, you know, he's not going to give up like uh, normal hits to me. You know, I, I remember Pat Corrales when he managed the Indians, Ernie Camacho was, you know, uh, one of those closers that threw, threw pretty hard and he would always give up these funky hits, you know, these, 40 hit, you know, slow rollers down to third baseline or a broken black, bad bloop. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, yeah, I, I would think, you know, I've I saw the same thing with class A. So I think he's, you know, just kind of mentally, you got to handle that. I mean, there's going to be some weird hits when you throw that hard and, and, uh, they're, they're not going to be traditional hits and you could, you, you will get frustrated and you might even get beat by one of those hits, but you, you have to come back the next day, you know, and, and just say, you know, Hey, I, I broke the guy's bat or something like that. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from cleveland.com reporters, Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Right. Well, and you go back to, uh, you know, a, a time when he was, was struggling during the season 
against Cincinnati. And I, I believe uh, Josh Naylor had uh, an error at first base in a game that, that had maybe three or four plays like you're talking about where it was, you know, weird situations and just you, you knew it, it wasn't going his way that day. Uh, the ability to shake that off, I, I think, uh, you know, says a lot about, again, we, we go back to it. He's 23. He missed a full season the year before this. Uh, Francona and, and Willis were, were, I think, a little more, uh, a little easier on him in terms of just using that as an explanation early in the year. But once you got to the point where he was rattling off 13 saves in a row, I mean, you could tell he went from rookie to veteran pretty quickly in that, in that regard. Yeah, definitely. I, he could probably, like most pitchers, probably could field his position a little bit better. You know, you saw sometimes a game would speed up on him. But I think that's just like you said, Joe, he's 23. You'll learn, you know, you, you get better at that as the longer you pitch and the longer you pitch at, at, at the big league level. Uh, where does he fit uh, in the future for for this club? Obviously, we, we talked about, you know, his contract status and, and you know, how, how much control they have over him. But he, he really provides that now anchor at the back, and you can build your bullpen back, backwards from him. Uh, if, if Karinczak comes back and can be anything like he was in the first half of the season last year, uh, there you've got your, your eighth-inning guy, your setup guy. Uh, you, you've got really two giant pieces to a bullpen that could be awesome next year. Yeah, because you all bullpens are built from the back out, from the closer out, and uh, you've got, like you said, you've got you've got Class A, you've got uh, Karen Check, maybe Trevor Stefan, Stefan, you know, come, you know, he throws hard. You could he maybe he's a bridge guy. Uh, you know, does uh, do you bring one of those veteran guys back, uh, a Brian Shaw, maybe? Uh, you know, it was Sam Hankus. Where does he fit? I know he's out of options, but you know, he Anthony might. Ghost. You know, he throws hard as well. Anthony Ghost. You, right. You, you come back with Anthony Ghost. Here's here's your uh, your back into your bullpen next year with Classe anchoring it. You put Karen Check in, in the eighth inning. Maybe you match up with uh, you you know Ghost. You 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 have Karen Check throwing ninety eight and Ghost throwing a hundred from the left side. <laughs> uh, you. You really sort of see what uh, how does how does uh, uh, Tito not you know rest peacefully every night with with uh, with thoughts of that you know that three at the back end of his bullpen next year that's got to be his his dream his total fantasy. Yeah, I mean those are three shutdown guys, you know, and ghosts. Ghost is pitching winter ball again, Joe. He's mm -hmm. he's down. To, the guy is relentless. Man. I, I think he wants his arm to fall off, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm seeing video. I'm seeing highlights of this guy. He, I think he he came in one. Uh, he, he got a either a save uh, on one pitch in his first uh, his first outing in the Dominican Winter League. So, yeah, and he's still he's still pumping gas too, which is is good to see. I mean, think about think about it, what he's done this year. He, he goes to spring training with the big league club, goes to Columbus, goes to the Olympics, makes comes back and makes finally returns to the big leagues as a you know a slash outfielder slash from a, from his outfield roots. Now he's a reliever, and now he's back pitching in winter ball. Uh, yeah, I there's 
you got to wonder, man, if, if there's a, a time where he's going to rest and just uh, the winter league doesn't go on for, you know, much. No, of, you, you, you should, he'll probably play up till Thanksgiving, I bet, or maybe, maybe a little later than that, as long as he's healthy and, and, uh, you know, they go, the, the playoffs go into December, you know, they can go into December. Oh, wow. So, okay. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that uh, that right there sums up uh, the Indians' bullpen uh, prospects for next year. And uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying it, it. The Guardians' bullpen prospects for next year. And, uh, you know, Emmanuel Classe uh, won't win Rookie of the Year, should get some Rookie of the Year consideration. Uh, definitely a future foundational piece uh, for this uh, Cleveland club uh, moving forward. Uh, just uh, all around a, another... Uh, uh, great season. We, we've talked about Jose Ramirez, Cal Quantrill, now Class A. We'll, uh, we'll move on uh, tomorrow to the next guy on our list on the, um, the roster breakdown, the 40-man roster breakdown. And uh, that's going to be uh, none other than Shane Bieber, who we didn't get the, uh, the full Shane Bieber uh, this past season, but uh, what we did was, was pretty good until he got hurt. Yeah, definitely, Joe. All right, we'll talk to you guys again uh, tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Lindsay, we'll see you then.